The purpose of Retire with Style is to help you discover the retirement income plan that is right for you. The first step is to discover your retirement income personality. Start by going to resaprofile.com style and sign up to take the industry's first financial personality tool for retirement planning. I know this is about the Risa, but did we ever tell you the story about Alex, Alana, and a hoverboard? Stay tuned. Hi, welcome to Retire with Style. I'm Wade. I'm joined by my co-host, Alex, and we're excited today to welcome two special guests, advisors at McLean Asset Management. We have Jessica Wonder, who just recently won the 2023 Advisor Hub 50 Women Advisors to Watch Award. Congratulations, Jessica. And Alana Light. Thank you. And, and so welcome both of you to the show. Hi, yeah. thank you. Thanks for having us today. Absolutely. No, no, our, our pleasure, our pleasure. <laughs> and uh, again, as Wade said, absolutely. Uh, no, this has been, as, as you've been following, this has been a trajectory we've been running, sort of the RISA in action. And uh, we had, uh, you know, Jason and Stephen on previously, you know, from McLean. Right. And you just ask how they use the RISA. And the, the Jason, Stephen team, they they're largely focus on more of a, you know, folks that are new to McLean as they come in. I thought you two would be great simply because as advisors, obviously you're with us. So we think the world of you folks, but I think you have great experience on the RISA and how we, how it's used to help current clients sort of transition. Right. And something I, I want you folks to think about is our, the, 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 the listeners, right? We have about two-thirds consumers, one-third advisors, if you will, maybe even more consumers than that. So I think some of these consumers may have advisors, and some of them are transitioning into retirement. And many times we hear, okay, what's different? You know, that, that kind of thing. So I, I think giving them a behind-the-scenes of, as an advisor, how the risk is used from a transitioning standpoint to really address the risk in retirement would be great. And I'll, I'll say this just because – Thanks mentioning. This is something that obviously we're, you know, Wade and myself are part of McLean Asset Management. And, and you know, Alana and Jess are, you know, lead advisors within McLean Asset Management. But I think everyone who listens to the podcast has picked up on our style. We're very, we're very just, you know, open, open book about everything, you know, the positives and the minuses. So, you know, as we talk about this, please feel free to share you know, the, the greatest hits and some misses. That, that's that's totally fine with regards to the RISA. So uh, I just wanted to level set a little bit. Uh, and, mm -hmm. and from there, I'll ask you just the, the first question, Jess, Alana, start off with Jess. What did, what did you first think of this whole craziness of the RISA when, when you got wind of what Wade and myself were, were working on? Right. Um well, I can, I'll go first and then pass it to you after. But 
uh, as everybody here knows, we've been part of the Risa since the beginning. So really has, you know, watched your baby grow for lack of better terms, but, um, and it's been really a, a special project and a special, um, just a special time. And we're obviously honored to be part of it. Uh, but from the beginning of it to, what was it about three hours of questions to see where that, <laughs> I know, where that survey has come and the research and the data and all the time and dedication that you both have put into it. It's just, it's amazing. It's, it's really amazing. So um, one props to both of you because it really, we've seen it from the beginning. So now what people see is a, a much shorter survey um, or questionnaire. So it, it's really exciting to see it from the beginning that three hours and, and really seeing that data come out. Um, Wade's laughing about that, but we all had to take that three hours. Yes, 900 questions, uh, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I look at it, you know, the, the way that I would describe it to whether a client, prospect or another advisor is that it's like a um, like the disk analysis or a personality questionnaire. So it's a good way. You know, we work so much with on the behavioral finance side and then connecting that to financial planning. And this really it, it just reminds me of that, of how you can merge the two together. No, that's good. That's good. And, and, and Alana, I don't know what 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 was your first impression? Because I I, I want to say you were you were just starting to even join McLean, you know that that kind of thing. What, what what was your your vibe when when we first introduced something like this? Yeah, it was really neat to see because um, very rarely do you see a lot of advisory firms. Um, creating as much content as we do at McLean on the academic side. And then to be part of something like this, and it, originally then it was the oh, real. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot yeah. about that. Hey, nah. we buried that. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> that was like a huge intake. Yeah, I remember that. I forgot about that. That was a oh, huge intake. Remember Rob Papa was in on that? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, wow. And um, and it was really neat. And at that time, Alex was riding around the office <laughs> on a hoverboard. And there was just, it was, there's a lot oh, happening at that time. Hey, was, joined. Was, uh, Alana, was I, please, exactly. was I taller than you on the hoverboard? <laughs> I don't think so, but I don't know. All right. Have to see. Um, how, how was I on the hoverboard? Was I like a demon on the hoverboard? Or was I? You were, you were very clearly <laughs> learning. Yes, that's a no. Confident, <laughs> very confident. Well, that. And you were also trying to get everybody yes, else to yes. hop on board. I remember that. And I almost felt pressured to say yes and try it, although I knew I was going to. But I didn't. Yes. So, so you know what we're creating here. You know, you know, you know wait, wait, you know what we're creating here? We're creating evidence for in some future date when some right. when there's some HR debacle at, at McLean because yeah, somebody because somebody yeah, cause somebody gets hurt in the office. Yeah. <laughs> then they're gonna point to this episode and Alana's gonna right. point to me and say, There he is. There he is, Your Honor. There he is. I didn't mean to say I felt pressured. That was a joke. Back. Back. 
Um, but no, it was it was oh. a lot of fun, and it was a really it was really neat. It was my first time being part of something like that, where it was really built right. from the ground up, like a financial advisory firm actually creating its own software, its own content, its own um, yeah risk analysis. I mean, it's 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 been really incredible to see, and um, we've used it now with so many clients, and just like what Jess said, I mean, I think everybody's. I'm happy to see it, you know, shortened <laughs> over the years. Um, a common response from the beginning is that, you know, they try to just answer it as best as they can without yeah. overthinking, you know, and that's hard to right. do. Um, but that's, uh, but um, yeah, I mean, it, it's been, it's been really cool to see it. It's a great tool and we use but, it. Let me ask time. you something because uh, Jess was bringing up the behavioral stuff and we've done a couple of these episodes where we talk to advisors already outside of McLean, you know, everywhere. Cause you know, it's a big yeah. ocean here and, and there's plenty of space for everyone to swim in and, and, and the like. Right. Okay. And so one of the things that has come up and you mentioned the, the behavioral stuff, which is kind of a, a thing now, right. Uh, for consumers listening in advisors are getting, I don't know, bombarded, maybe too strong a word because it sounds pejorative, but they're, they're getting a lot of information about the relationship piece of the financial planning dynamic and how you really have to be on point with that. There is not a day that goes by that you don't get some headline in some industry paper right. about something like that at this point, just so you know. So consumers out there, advisors are, are trying to be the best version of themselves as a human being when they're, when they're speaking with you. But uh, just said this sort of brings in a behavior piece. And I, what we've been hearing a lot is this whole the Reese is helping with the client communication rapport building, which is kind of a beginning that that sort of that that kind of get to know your client view of things. Again, feel free to to disagree. I'm t- totally fine with it. What is your take on that? When someone takes a Risa and you're you're speaking with them afterwards, does it help facilitate conversations? And uh, yeah, I can go. Um, absolutely, it, it does. Um, it's kind of like a, a guide map where you know that there's lots of viable options for them. And this gives you just conversation topics of this is what, you know, and if you're with a couple, this is what one of your Risa says, this is what the other says. And let's look at the options or strategies that can come out of this. Uh, and I think from the behavioral side, that is, um, and basing it on advisors, and I can use McLean as an, an example, that we have quite a few advisors within the firm that have different personality traits. Sure. And I, if I, I use myself and even Alana, I'd put us in the same bucket where we are easy to talk to, and we tend to talk more about the softer side. You know, we do ask during either meetings or prospects about, you know, their life, their family. And while there might be other advisors that are, maybe they ask, but they really just kind of shut it down of, you know, let's just They're checking the boxes or whatever. Correct. Correct. So this, I, I think the Risa really opens up. It might be easier for some of those advisors and clients that don't feel comfortable. They don't know are they supposed to bring this up to their advisor and these concerns where it kind of opens those doors to have those conversations and you can go from there. Okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, um, and there's a few different ways of looking at that because some of it gets really very, 
very much on the softer side. I think what you were referring to referring to Alex before with, you know, like money scripts and really a lot yeah. of, you know, the psychology of finance and why you do certain things the way that you do. Um, and, you know, sometimes it, it is definitely, it's, you know, not good or bad. It's, it's kind of harder to go down that road. But then even if you just look at, you know, the secondary factors in the RISA and things that, you know, like we have plenty of clients that, um, spend conservatively that have really high success rates that have millions of dollars, but still, you know, they have, they're concerned about yeah, longevity yeah. and it keeps them right. up at night, you know, and little things like that, that we would never yes. have thought of right. based Jeez. on how they live their lives, how much they have, like little things like that, that you don't ne- necessarily need to have these really hardcore behavioral conversations. If you can just see it right no, there I- and you're like, Oh, wow. I wonder why this is such a big concern that yes. that's shocking. I, and I, it I, I agree. And listen, I, I think uh, I'll soapbox a little bit, but in, in psychology, listen, I again, my doctorate's in psychology, but I, I, I didn't view myself as a therapist. I was more of the I was more of the scientist and the scientist practitioner sort of model, if you will. I, I, I had to do therapy, but that was more to get my hours so I can complete the degree. But even even when you're doing therapy, at least from the cognitive behavioral standpoint, that sort of learning paradigm point of view, there's still an assessment that usually takes place at the beginning. And that assessment is used to facilitate sort of uh, interventions. What's the angle to go about doing something? It begins to fast track, if you will, the the, the dynamic that you would have mm-hmm. with a client, you know? And so I, I, I think it does. I think the RISA does something very similar here. Now there is a little bit of a of a, an angle for you folks in that because you focus also on existing clients you have a, a nice existing relationship uh, you know group of clients and you know those people you know you, you know those it's not like you're having a discovery meeting before you send them Marisa you've already spoken with them you've had a relationship with them for let's just say five years to pick a number right mm-hmm. and so when you give them the Risa and you see it back does does it reinforce things that you were probably seeing that maybe you didn't, you didn't like know how to explicitly address or were you doing it where, you, you know what I mean? Like, like, like you see, they say you give it to an existing client and you're like, Oh, I see this makes more sense. Now this, you know, upon seeing the Risa, what kind of reactions have you had for a client that you thought you knew? Well, did it reinforce, did it open up a new Avenue? Did it, you know, did it kind of do its magic? I, I, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of options. Let you fill it in. Alana, you want to go? Uh, Sure. Yeah, I would say with existing clients, they usually score as expected because, you know, just from the discovery, from choosing their asset allocation, building their plan, everything, um, it's not a huge surprise. And they're usually open about, hey, you know, what they like, what they don't like, annuities, you know, sometimes they bring up reverse mortgages. So we do tend to know with existing clients um, and and they usually score as expected. So, you know, we can rule out certain tools right off the bat um, and focus in on other ones. But it's neat. It's still a neat exercise to have both couples, like a married couple to have both couples um, take it because sometimes they'll score a little bit differently. um, And and that's interesting to see because sometimes, you know, we'll have meetings and husband and wife, but for whatever reason, a lot of the time it's the husband that shows up to the meetings and we don't get to see the spouse as much. 
Um, we still do. We try to, but occasionally, you know, we don't. So it's, it's nice to have both spouses giving us, you know, 110%, like, this is how I see things. And that's, oh, that's nice. Yeah. I would echo that. Um, yeah. I, I haven't seen one with existing clients um, that has been different than what we would expect it to come out as um, and them as well. They've taken it and said, this is kind of what I thought, you know, yeah, it, yeah. it would be. But I think that is interest how, how interesting how Alana talked about the spouse, because there is a one one example of, you know, a, a client. I've been at McLean now for 12, 11 years, I think. It feels so, like forever. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but so I've known this client for 11 years. And it interesting that the spouse, the wife, had a very different feel than what the the husband had on, on the Risa they, or the expectations of, of what he thought, this is what it's going to come out as, and it did. And it actually makes perfect sense, but I, I guess I might be drifting off to another topic. So no, go with uh, it. I'll say it and then we can you know get back on track if, if we need to, but how it changes over time. So now these clients are almost 20 years into retirement at this point uh-huh. or close to. I guess somewhere around there, you know, so I, and I think it has changed where now the spouse is kind of taking over the finances or more oh, involved. Okay. I don't think yeah, 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 yeah. Reasons. There's, there's reasons behind it. Um, but almost natural reasons of, you know, I need to know if something happens, yeah. we're both aging, you know, what do, what do I do? I know I call you, but what do I do? And that changes things. It changes the relationship a bit because, you know, we've been doing things almost on the way the husband approaches financial planning. Um, and now there's a little bit of a switch. No, and so, and so by them both engaging in the RISA, there is an opportunity for, you know, a, a more explicit transition, maybe too strong a word, but more explicit yeah. participation of the other spouse in the process. Correct. Yes. Right. Right. And just more engagement also, you know, it's, and it's not forced engagement where I think it it may have felt forced for her in the beginning of, I know I need to know this. So let me just sit here. It sounds like a Jeopardy kind of thing. Oh my God. Now I'm going to get dinged on what I don't know and what I do know. A retirement literacy appointment, which is who who wants that, right? You may, you may want to get a root canal as opposed to the Are you a financial professional looking to learn more about the RISA and retirement income best practices? Well, if you are, you should join our Retirement Income Masterclass on Monday, August 28th and Tuesday, August 29th. You can sign up at risaprofile.com slash advisors. That's risaprofile.com slash advisors. Uh, You know something, before before we move on, there's another question is, what about, this is as a firm now. I remember when we were releasing this, there was a question of, do I give this to existing clients? And the thinking was, man, I don't know if I want to give the RISA to the existing client because what happens if they are different? Oh, my God, have I been doing something wrong? You know, that kind of thinking. And I remember my – before – I remember when I joined McLean, I mean, we, we were somewhat of an active firm and we switched to passive. Why? Because the empiris, the, the, the research shows that this is the better approach and science moves forward. And if it is what it is, you know, kind of thing. And so I remember thinking we we're having those conversations and, you know, 
I get it. I'm not in boots on the ground. I don't have boots on the ground. So it's easy for me to say this, but I think my response was, well, this research is new. The research indicates this. We didn't have this tool years ago. We have it now Mm -hmm. and we can be more attuned to clients needs by using this. And if it has to change, it has to change. And it is what it is. You know, I remember thinking of it like that. Was that a dumb approach in my, in, in, in my view? Or I don't know. How did you find that? You know, how did you come to kind of uh, reconcile those thoughts? Mm-hmm. You want me to go, Alana? Sure, you want to go. Alana, fire away. Yeah. Oh, sure. I sure. Yeah. I think we, we were making a lot of changes as a firm, too, because we were going from being fee-only to fee-based at that time as well. So then the question came in, hey, well, if they do want to implement an annuity, how do we go about that? Like, we did have... Right you know, relationships with trusted contacts on the insurance side and all of that. But then it's like, hey, if we're really presenting this to a client and if this is the solution, um, how confident are we that we can help them implement this well? And so there was a lot to think about, I think, with that, too. But I mean, it's it's gone really well now. We do have a handful of clients that have implemented a new. Even though before we were um, doing something different, there wasn't there wasn't a. Why did you, why, was, why was I on this strategy for the last five <laughs> years or, or, you know, whatever, it's something like that. I don't know. No, we didn't get any pushback on it at all, at all. But it was a fear, you know, you yeah, bring that up. Is, it certainly was a fear of we've been doing something a certain way for so many years and now we're going to change it up. And what, just like you said, what if we've been all this time doing the wrong thing for, you know, John and he wanted a... <laughs> Well, whatever, five different annuities that are guaranteed income. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, we we didn't have that approach for 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 him, but yeah, it, it was a fear. But I, we haven't had any sort of pushback, or um, I don't know, if pushback is the right word, but. It's gone well with clients. It's gone well, and, and maybe it's because most of them have come. the The results are what we've expected. Well, it drives them. Well, and, and it opens up conversations. So, and people like to talk. I, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it goes back to, I think implicitly good advisors kind of get to the meat of the sandwich. I think the reason just mm-hmm. maybe helps you do that very systematically. Or, or, yes. or clients that wanted another solution and that were driven to another solution were prospects that never became clients mm-hmm. because it just didn't feel right with the solution you were presenting. Right. Uh, Wade, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, a related question that with the RISA being new, you don't always get to uh, use it at the optimal time. And you mentioned the example 20 years into retirement already, which may come up in reality when it's a new client or a new prospect. But have you had an opportunity to, as you present the, the RISA to clients, getting a sense of when's the best time to use it? Is it when they're actually at the the stage of retiring? Is it five to 10 years before retiring? Is it when are you tending to to find it most useful to engage in a a conversation about the RISA? I would say about a few years prior to retirement, maybe five, even 10 years prior to retirement. Um, If we start too early, it's I don't know the answer yeah, to yeah. this. Or if you're like really in that prime accumulation stage, 
you're not necessarily worried about retirement and where that income's coming from and sequence of return. There's all of that, that you, as you get closer to, to retirement and it's real, that's what we hear from clients is when it's real, it's very different. Mm-hmm. Uh, so five to 10 years out is probably the best time to start it. And also you mentioned uh, the couple, was it a surprise? It sounded like the, um, the husband had done the planning for the most part within the family, but now some of that was shifting over to the wife. Uh, was the husband surprised to find out that she had a different approach to retirement income and maybe felt like he hadn't fully appreciated that prior to uh, them taking the RISA? Um, no, no, they, it wasn't so different where it was just a, 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 a real contrast of he liked this, she likes this, mm-hmm. like completely different. Okay. Um, it would be almost on the same path or same strategy, but maybe different tools used. Um, so they, they wouldn't be so different. Uh, but I think I think it was actually more helpful for her than him to 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 really be involved and take the where where she would always get overwhelmed is talking about just like the nitty gritty of the investments. And this is kind of a bigger picture. And I think she actually enjoyed it more, the meeting. So, yeah. Do you have some other interesting examples about cases where you used the RISA and the kind of the results that came out of that? (laughs) And it was bad. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Never been stormed out of the room. (laughs) Yeah, right. Jessica, how dare you interrupt here? Wade's like <laughs> Phil Donahue. Let him ask his questions. <laughs> Let him ask his questions. Oh my God. How dare you? <laughs> it's so funny, you know, Wade, I will say the thing that we hear the most from clients that especially clients that have come from retirement researchers, so clients that are that appreciate this and like to research this all on their own as well. Almost every time we hear about the fragile decade and you're, um, you know, you're, you're writing around that and yeah, almost sure. every time um, that's brought up when I remember, like, I think this was a few years ago when you joined a client meeting of ours and you actually said that of all the things you thought that that would be something that you just kind of passively said and it would just, you kind of wrote about it, but it wasn't a huge deal, but to so many people that And I feel like a lot of people misunderstood it in a way, you know, when you were really kind of saying it of, hey, to give people confidence to, you know, have some equity exposure in retirement versus it almost had a different effect because everybody's just so worried. And it's something we hear almost every time is the fragile decade. Um, It's just an interesting expression of concern around the sequence of returns risk. I, I mm-hmm. guess we haven't yeah. run a study on that specifically, but I would guess that the uh, fragile decade is a concept that causes more concern as you go on to the safety first side of the, the recent matrix. But that would be interesting to look at. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, 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 absolutely. And it so is. Is, is there a is there a specific use case that you have in mind, Jess or Alana, where okay, we had a client, this was a RISA, and this one showed this, this is what we ended up doing, just to give people a sense of, you know, how it's practically applied. Mm-hmm. Lonnie, you want to go? We did have, we've had a few in the last month or so, so. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, Only bangers. So bangers all the time. Basically, uh, <laughs> right, right. You know, it's interesting to see it, too, from I know we've spoken about it from the client side, but from the prospect side, we have plenty of clients that are currently working with an advisor and the advisor is pretty much, you know, total return and everybody's in an investment portfolio. And we've had a lot of clients that come and that, you know, take the RISA and they're so happy to see that, you know, there's so many different ways to, you know, plan for your retirement and so many different tools available. So I do think um, when a client is is a new client um, and then they come with, they come to us and they take the RISA, um, there's a lot of implementation that happens from just from that. Um, you said something I, I pull a string on because I, I, I do think you hit something here that's interesting that I think many, many advisors give lips, many advisors and, and frankly, pundits give lip service to investing for retirement is different. But when it comes to a solution, all they do is the same thing that you were doing in accumulation, only they're including a distribution. And and they spend an inordinate amount of time on, is it the 3.3 sustainable withdrawal, percent sustainable withdrawal rate, or is it 3.7 sustainable withdrawal rate, or is it the 3.8 sustainable withdrawal rate? Quote, and wait, don't... In parentheses, <laughs> we did a whole series on this in previous episodes, so please feel free to <laughs> catch them. <laughs> but, but they get caught up in that that silliness, right? And I'm not even saying that's bad. I mean, there, there's nothing wrong with a sustainable withdrawal rate for certain folks that are in the total return. But a, a lot of folks just think that's that's their that's the extent. That's where it begins and ends from, oh, we focus on retirement income. And, and you said something that was interesting, that folks take the RISA and then they realize, oh, there are choices that I have. There are many ways to do this that are diametrically different than the sustainable withdrawal rate. And you know what? I want to consider those instead. And now I have this kind of permissioning, if you will, to do so. Right? Is that kind of what you're getting at or am I embellishing that way too much? Yeah, no, that's exactly right. And I also think it's hard for some clients, um, not necessarily just for the RISA, but a lot of times there's going to be a solution that mathematically makes sense. Um, For example, something like a reverse mortgage or something Mm -hmm. like that. But it's hard for clients to actually pull the trigger and actually back to sequence of returns risk and fragile decade. Like if we're doing a rising equity glide path, mathematically, it makes sense. But a lot of times it's hard for clients to increase their equity exposure in retirement. Like that's like Mm -hmm. the last thing that they want to do because it seems so counterintuitive. And I think so much of this decision making and implementation and it it can make sense mathematically and on paper, but it's hard for clients to implement it. So I think with the reset, they have this extra tool that gives them the confidence to see that, hey, really this makes 100% sense like in my mind with the way I feel about things but also on paper and it just really ties everything okay. and, together and since right. you did say you guys you know you have an existing current base but you know obviously you're you're, you're growing your, your relationships as well what what two points here how can folks find out well why don't we do this do the sort of the infomercial part of the, the podcast how can <laughs> folks find out more about you sure I'll go. Um, Alana and I are kind of, we're, there's a pause always. It's like, who's yeah. taking it? I, I should probably um, do a better job saying Jess or Alana. I'm no, just, no, 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 no. It's good. Pause is good. Um, 
The easiest way is just to go to our website. So www.mclaanam.com and it's McLean, M-C-L-E-A-N, and then A-M is an asset management.com. And there you can actually find our brochure. You can read some articles. There's uh, a you contact can see us. us yeah. The yeah, there's a contact us. There's plenty on there. Yeah. And so where do you use the RISA when, you, when you're dealing with prospect? Is this kind of a tip of the spear process? And then it leads to a contextualized planning experience or no, not really. Yeah. So it's, I mean, normally we have our, um, it's not the beginning, the beginning, but it's, it's probably meeting two, you know, where we want to pull all the information together and say, you know what, we also think it'd be great for you to take this, the the Risa, take this survey here. And then from there, it's like, like a toolbox for us, you know, it sure. guides the conversation a bit. And there's, yeah, as we said before, there's lots of viable options and, you know, not one is this is the right answer. Um, so it, it's just good to have those conversations. And so then perfect. And we met with a prospect last week, sorry, that had oh, taken really? the visa independently, yes. either through the academy or somehow, and then found us as a result of having taken the really? visa mm-hmm. on his own. So it that started happened. to happen too. Okay. We've gotten mm-hmm. stories where advisors, just advisors that aren't even using the mm-hmm. RISA, get a prospect and the prospect says, Hey, this is my RISA score. And the advisor's like, oh, What yeah. the heck is this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah what? <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's good. That's good. Ask your advisor about the Risa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of, kind of. Uh, no, that's 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 pretty cool. Uh, what, what, what has it ever happened where you've spoken to somebody and I guess a prospect where is I hate X Y Z, you know, but then they take the Risa and then they realize the solution that they're looking for is X Y Z. It's happened a couple of times. Um, I don't know if it's happened with you folks. Yeah, I, I feel like it has. Um, or what, what I can remember is having the conversation of, I, I don't really like those and, you know, the, the negative parts of certain Whatever, tools yeah. out there, strategies out there. And um, then, yeah, the, the recent will come back and say, well, you landed like you do or that <laughs> yeah. this is where you want to be. And it, it, I, I don't know if it's just, oh, I hate that. I, I don't even want to discuss that. I want to take it off the table completely. But um, it might open their eyes a bit to say, you know, maybe I should look into this a little bit more and see how this might fit with in, in my plan. Because I think sometimes also people see things as an all or nothing mm-hmm. where, you know, and we certainly don't look at anything like that. Um, but I do think that sometimes it can be looked at as, there's certain I want to take all my assets and and just be safe with that, and that's not necessarily how we look at it. Certainly not. So it, it's kind of it's another conversation. It really helps just opening those doors. Yeah. Yeah, and I think right. Sorry, and I I would also just say it also depends on what's going on yes. in like the financial environment right. because sometimes they want more options depending on what the rates are and what they don't want to lock something in right now. Um, they don't yeah, want to yeah. commit. Just due to so, yeah, you know, what's a good point. So sometimes there's some pushback on that. Even though it is, it makes sense and it's the best thing to do. They don't want to like lock in, mm-hmm. you know, anything. Okay, uh, here's a concept I, I heard it, and since we do a lot of planning, there's always this idea that you know a solution in which you're going to optimize on the best thing on the Excel sheet, 
right? What happens if the reset doesn't necessarily opt, you know, points to a solution that's not the most optimized on the Excel sheet, but it's the most optimized from an emotional standpoint? How do you reconcile that? You want me to go? Oh, uh, how do you reconcile that, Alana? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm sure our answers are going to be the same, so it doesn't really matter who takes it. But um. yes, yeah. I mean, there's plenty of client. Like, for example, back to the rising equity glide path, it makes sense yeah. to increase your equity exposure just because then you can end retirement with, you know. You have a lot more in assets. You have a lot more to give away to, you know, legacy goals and things like that. But it's give and take versus, hey, if I just buy an annuity, I can just relax. And I mean, there's, um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. I I, I would say it's like give and take on that too, where there is a compromise. And a lot of times it goes back to that. It's not an all or nothing. So if the conversation, if you're not ready to do this now, well, we'll just keep it on the agenda. You know, it's something that we talk about and maybe at a later time we can go through and see if it makes sense for you. If you're more emotionally viable to it at this point. And maybe the answer is no, you know what? I know it might look good on my Excel sheet. I'm I'm good. I'm good. I want to keep it this way. And unless it's going to hurt them, if it's, you know, detrimental to their financial plan, then it's just making sure that everything is known that it's out there. And this is what it would look like if you did X, this is what it'll look like Y, Z, whatever that, that looks like. But at the end of the day, we want to make sure that our clients can sleep at night and they're not worried. Okay. Yeah. And then you always try to stick to viable options when, with the different strategies. So part of it is just preferences. So people have the flexibility. Right. I mean, I think a lot of our job is to get that panic, you know, soften any of that panic to Mm -hmm. like the comfortable range of, okay, I I know I'm, you know, now I'm financially ready to be retired. This is what's what it's going to look like, because there's the emotional side of being retired. That's that's hard, I assume, for and we hear it from clients Mm -hmm. that it can be difficult. So, um, you know, ideally, we want to take some of that panic off of them. And then I'll, I'll end it with I'll bringing it all back home to borrow a title from the Dylan album. Uh, what? How has, has it? How has the sort of affected your thinking around retirement income planning? You know, and I'll start with Jess, and Alana can uh, can can take it home. Uh, you know, I think it's opened up. Other avenues. I mean, Alana touched on this before that, you know, as a firm, we haven't spoken about. Um, so it, it's opened that up. I think the other side, it, it's hasn't changed so much my approach to financial planning, generally speaking, because, yeah, yeah. we, you know, we talk, we do get we, we try our best to get to know yeah, our we've always been holistic and, in that sense as a firm, but right. Right. So it hasn't changed so much of that, but it definitely has changed those the, the way we talk about those topics and engagement with both clients, if, if it is a relationship, if it's, you know, two partners, spouses, whatever it is, it changes that dynamic. Mm-hmm. 
Exactly. Yeah. And just kind of with what we said in the beginning, you know, it's a way for us to have deep conversations without necessarily having to have like really deep conversations. So they take it and we see it and it just really makes it easy, especially, you know, we've had clients that retired Mm -hmm. during COVID and with all the volatility and everything, if we can know exactly what they want, you know, before the volatility Mm -hmm. starts and it just makes it a really nice relationship for them, for us, it's a lot less stressful. Um, and then of course, you know, we want to do what's in their best interest to begin with, but, um, it's just, it really makes it really nice for everyone, you know, um, to have these perfect strategies put in place. It makes our job a lot easier in terms of damage control or fighting. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. You just, people, (laughs) strategy that they're comfortable sticking with throughout retirement. Thank you so much for the insights today. So we do have the RISA Masterclass coming up August 28th and 29th for any advisors interested. And for anyone else who's interested in learning more uh, about Jessica and Alana, again, you can see their bios and everything else at mclaneam.com. That's M-C-L-E-A-N-A-M.com. And and you'll see that they both hold their CFP designation. We didn't really discuss this at the beginning. So they're (laughs) chartered financial planners. You both also have the RICP designation, the Retirement Income Certified Professional. So I'd love to see that. And actually, a great deal of the advisors at McLean Asset Management have those designations. And Jessica, you have the, the yeah. CRPC as well, which is another one of the main retirement planning designations. So you both do put a great emphasis and focus on education. Thank you for sharing your experiences and thoughts on the RISA today. And, and thanks, everyone, for listening. And we'll catch you all next time. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks, everyone. See you next time on Retire with Style. Wade and Alex are both principals in McLean Asset Management and Retirement Researcher. Both are SEC-registered investment advisors located in Tysons, Virginia. The opinions expressed in this program are for general informational and educational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific securities. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor. All investing comes with a risk, including risk of loss. Past performance does not guarantee future results.